Up next, the news you can use from YAA. It's your 30-minute fix for all your car questions, industry news, and tips you can use when buying your next vehicle. We're your hosts, Ray and Zach Shepska, the founders of YAA. We're here every weekday, live at noon Eastern. Check us out at joinyaa.com. Come on, get in. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. (laughs) <laughs> it, this must. It, this means it's noon on Friday, January seventh, and this is news that you can use with well, without Zach today, but with the lovely finance F and I goddess Kimberly Klein and myself Ray. How are you this morning, Kimberly? I'm very, very good. I'm so thrilled. We got snow last night. Finally, it's winter. It looks like winter out there. Well, I'm, I'm glad you. I'm glad you like that. I, I for one, could live without winter, but um, I'm not. Um, You know what? I thought today, uh, the last time you and I were roped into doing this together, which, Mm -hmm. as Zach mentioned yesterday, is the most watched live episode of this show that we've ever done on this channel. Um, Speechless. You know, that show was chock full of information. And if I remember correctly, I thought you and I discussed that maybe we could dive a little deeper into um, F&I practices and, and how it is that we actually, um, the sales actually take place. Now, if it's okay with you, there was a, uh, a story from a JMB uh, about some issues that he had Um buying a car with the F&I manager and how the F&I manager, um, well, kind of tried to shame him into buying things. And I know you responded very eloquently in the forum about that. But can you talk a little bit about uh, some of the practices that you've seen other F&I people use, practices that you yourself would not use, but but that a vast majority of F&I people might? Yes, I absolutely would love to talk about this. And whenever I read that, my heart goes out to that person because it happens, it happens. Um, And I have worked with those finance managers. So what, Ray, what a finance manager should be doing is explaining what comes with your vehicle and what's available for your vehicle in extra products and how those things work. Some F&I managers like to twist your arm, make you feel guilty if you don't buy something, or scare you, which I really hate. Scare you into doing it. You must do it now. Yeah. Um, as we know, gap coverage, if that's something that you want, is the only product that you would have to do right then and there because it is a loan protected and it gets put into your loan. Yes. Of course, you're going to negotiate the price of that down first. But everything else you can wait on, and I've worked with many uh, finance managers in the past that will get go so far as to throw things because they're angry that yes. you're not going to buy it. Why not? Why aren't you going to buy it? Are you crazy? And, and really belittle the consumer. And I hope that those days are gone. They're not. There are still what I call rogue F&I managers out there that um, force people into feeling as if they need to purchase these things. Have you ever heard of this, Ray? Well, I've heard of it. I've witnessed it. Um, You know, part of what we do in sales um, is, is 
our our role, and this applies to F and I as well. Our role is to persuade, and in many cases, manipulate people into doing the things that we want them to do, as opposed to what it is that they might want to do. And mm-hmm. and so, a, a lot of what goes on in sales is really like psychological warfare. The difference is that the customer is not prepared for it. And, and the salespeople, sales managers, F&I people are, well, overly prepared for it because they do it every day. This is, this is their livelihood. Um, they have figured out little nuances, little techniques um, that, that can move people along the process when they might not necessarily have wanted to continue that process. Um, and, and so in, in my day, way back when, and, you know, I was thinking about this yesterday, um, that literally I, I've, I've been involved in the industry over five decades. I mean, I've only been in the industry for 43 years, but I started in the 70s, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s, and the 2010s. I mean, my God. So I understand the the psychological warfare that's going on. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, I mean, I have, we, we used to call it Playhouse 90. There's a whole lot of acting. There, there are a whole lot of potential Academy Award-winning actors and actresses in every automobile dealership. Yes, that is yeah. for sure. Yes, and 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 so whether a sales manager screams at a salesperson loud enough for the customer to hear it. Yep. Yep. Or, or the salesperson yells at the sales manager for the customer to hear it. Mm-hmm. Or the finance manager yells at somebody, um, or even in in a lot of cases, yells and berates the the customer. Yeah. Um, to shame them into doing something. It's it's those those rogue F and I managers and salespeople like that. Uh, they're not particularly talented. They're really no. good at being bullies, though. Yes, there are there are many F and I bullies out there. There really are. I, I just I hate that so much. And you know what? I used to hear stories. I would have people come into my office um, that purchased a car somewhere else, and they would tell me these stories of you wouldn't believe how how angry and how mad the last finance manager at ABC dealership got at us because we wouldn't buy anything. You just wouldn't believe it. And you're right. I found that difficult to believe until, well, over my years, I ran into and worked with a couple of those. Now, typically, Ray, those F&I managers don't last long in one place. They are what we, what you and I would call jumpers, hoppers. They're going from dealership to dealership, um, you know, bullying people into as much money as they can possibly make and then moving on to another place until that kind of. Uh, attitude gets them kicked out of there too. Yeah, they're kind of part of the traveling road show. Um, you know, their yes. their yeah. their their techniques will never allow them to have a long career at any one place. Um, and and the whole idea, as you well know in the business, is to 
is to develop a following, is to be somewhere long enough so yes. that um, you're not dealing with fresh new faces walking in every day. You're dealing with the people that walked in three years ago and they're back to get another car from you and they know you by name and you know them by name. And, yes. And, and then it becomes more consultative than confrontational um, because there's a rapport that's been developed over time to where you trust the, the, the customer trusts you Right. And and you honor the customer um, because you want to do what's not only good for them, but also as well good for the dealership so that it's it's mutually beneficial. Yes, exactly. as opposed to just being one sided. So so that kind of brings us up to um, another aspect of this, Ray. And and I want to get your take on this um, many times we've had customers come in repetitively and say, you know, um, listen, I really like your dealership, but the last salesperson I worked with, we really just didn't gel. Can you, can I work with a different one? Don't be afraid to do that with F and I managers too. do it with the finance manager. If you purchased a vehicle there previously had a bad experience with that F and I manager and by chance they're still there the next time you go to mm -hmm. buy a vehicle, Tell the sales manager, you know, we didn't gel. We didn't get along too well. I just would like another one. Don't be afraid to do that. Why not? And 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 even if it's a smaller store where there might only be one F&I manager, um, if, if the customer makes the sales manager aware of the fact that, that there was a certain amount of friction the, the last time, uh -huh. um, then, you know, most sales managers – don't tell anybody. They know how to do F and I. They yeah, can don't print tell up. Anybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They 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 can print up the forms. They they, sure they can, can they can do it. And and so if there is no other F and I manager, then the, the the sales manager can step into the breach and take care of finishing up the paperwork. And I know when I was a sales manager and a general manager, if a customer said, I'm not getting along with the gym as my salesperson, I want a different salesperson. Well, since they were the ones spending the money, mm -hmm. it was incumbent upon me to honor their wish. And, and it was that wish uh, to honor yeah. their wish. Wish, wish. wish. Yeah, whatever. Uh, you know, I'm from Philly originally, so I say things funny. Um, yeah. Um, but to, to honor their wish and, 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 and connect them with a different salesperson that they, um, what did Zach say? What tactics have you seen to close a sale before that were particularly unsavory? Oh my God. You know, he, he's not here, but he's what here. What the heck? I know. <laughs> I know he's everywhere. Are you yeah. watching me, Zach? I, I, well, I mean, yeah, go ahead, go right ahead. And, well, and, and I'll jump is, in with some that I know. Yeah. The point is, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to ask for a different salesperson, ask exactly. for a different uh, finance manager. Do it. Take control. You're in control. It's your money. Um, you know, and customers always forget that. They have the ultimate control because they're yeah. the ones that are spending their money. Absolutely. A hundred percent. So some unsavory sales tactics. I think we could talk about both a salesperson and an F&I person. Mm -hmm. unsavory sales tactics in the finance office obviously putting your arm over top of your um, base payment 
and I know YAA members, we know what that means. Yes. And just selling everything via uh, payment with products or what we call payment packed uh, with products. I've even seen finance managers cut the top off the menu so you don't see the base payment. Oh That's extremely unsavory. Yes. That's a great descriptor too, Zach. Um, and of course, scare tactics too. Like uh, maybe here's one, lying about what it actually costs to have your maintenance done. That's why I want you to do your due diligence ahead of time. Maintenance plans are great. You are hedging against rising prices of parts and labor. Mm -hmm. But people, find out how much it's going to cost you before you go into the finance office. And then after you know the price of the maintenance plan, does it make sense to you? Does the price make sense? I, I, I can remember one particularly unsavory tactic that a finance manager used at one point in my career that I saw. And, and that was the finance manager saying to the customer, well, the bank wants you to have all these things. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, it, the, the bank doesn't give a damn if you have them or you don't have them. <laughs> and the bank would never stipulate that you have to have them. And, no. and, and that is, I guess, that is the epitome of a lazy salesperson, whether it be an F&I person or, or the person selling the car, is to, is to say, well, no, the bank wants you to have this. They, oh, yeah. they insist upon you having this. In order to get this rate, they, they say you, they don't want there to ever be a question as to whether or not you can afford to make your monthly payment and oh, no. take care of any major expense that might come on your car. So they want you to have this extended warranty. Yes, uh, that exactly. Happen. That does not. Well, that shouldn't happen. That it, does it, happen. And yeah, on the sales side of things, I mean, some of the things that I've seen. Uh, I mean, obviously, um, if if you have somebody that's interested that is on the fence looking at a car, uh, and, and um, the salesperson might mention to another salesperson in the dealership, "Do me a favor." And come over to my desk and say, uh, can I have the keys to that car? I have somebody interested in it when, in fact, there is nobody that's interested in it. Um, you know, that that's not sales skill. Right. That's that's not overcoming an objection. That is merely creating fear of loss for the potential customer. And that that to me is an unsavory tactic. Um, yes. You know, any anybody can do it the wrong ways. It's the talented people that can figure out how to do it in in a manner that is still open and honest, and and makes a clear and concise arguments as to why somebody should proceed. Um, that's a skill set that really good salespeople have. Um, they don't they don't use. Uh, the full range of psychological warfare tactics that are available. And, no. uh, you know, one of the other things that I don't think people understand, and you and I have not discussed this in the past. Um, okay. But it's, it's the difference between a trade ACV and ACV, mm -hmm. for those of you who are not in the business, that stands for actual cash value. Okay. 
there's a huge difference between a trade ACV and a trade allowance. And what you want to know as a customer when you're negotiating a car deal um, is when the when the customer when the a salesperson might say, well, well, I was able to get you an additional $500 trade allowance. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Well, if there's a $5,000 additional dealer markup and they give you $500 extra for your trade, they haven't necessarily increased the actual cash value of their trade. They've That's just right. taken $500 out of their additional dealer markup. So yeah. um, that to me is a tactic that, that, People don't understand. They need to ask, what's the ACV? And if you and if you use those three letters, they're gonna think, oh my God, you've spent time in the car business. Yeah. Where did you have you what dealership did you work at? People don't know what ACV is. No. Absolutely. I love you know that I love the most whenever people use the dealership terms that you and I grew up in and um use them use those terms because psychologically it flips the table doesn't it right yes. all of a sudden the people on the other side the sales people sales managers finance managers oh i've got somebody that might know what they're talking about here so all of a sudden i'm going to change everything around maybe i'm going to start disclosing um and, and not hiding what your base payment is yes. let's go over that first But Ray, there was an interesting article in automotive news here recently that I think you may have read. I read it too, but it it had to do with um, the profitability that's happening in the finance office right now. Yes, which is huge, by the way. It, It is really, really huge. And I was talking to a finance manager the other day, Honda Kia finance manager, who said, we're in the 3000s PVR or per vehicle retail. So in the 3000s, that's how much uh, the finance manager is making per vehicle. Now that comes from product and it comes from rate being held um, by rate to sell rate. But something that, and I think the guy from APCO Holdings, which APCO is an administrator. I've used their products in the past. Mm-hmm. Good company. I like them. Um, he's talking about the reason that it's going up is because people are having more time to digest products via virtual presentations by the FNI manager. And I agree with that, but I don't think it's 100%. I know and you know that finance managers have dug their heels in and are not budging like they used to yes. on products in the finance office because the front end, because of what's happening. So now where, man, I know we're losing money on the front end and I really need this extended warranty. I need this product. So I'm going to, I'm going to bring it down to like a hundred or $300 over cost. You're kind of losing some money. They're not doing that anymore. They're sticking to their guns. And I think that's part of the reason. And the second reason they're making so much money is because they're taking products out of the finance office and shoving them on the front end and making you buy them. This article left those two things out and made it sound like it's because we're doing virtual presentations and consumers have more time to digest this. I believe that's true. And YAA is here to help you 
understand that process, understand the products and know what questions to ask about those products. But what do you think? Do you think it's just because of virtual presentations now? No, absolutely not. I think, I, I think progressive dealerships, dealerships that will still be in business 10, 15, 20 years from now mm-hmm. are the types of dealerships that, that look at their customers and go, we have nothing to be afraid of or ashamed of if we just share the honest information with them and allow them to be able to make an informed decision. Okay. Now, having said that, the vast majority of dealerships will not operate under that premise because there's they have their own psychological fear of loss. That if they don't jam it down somebody's throat, they're not going to get them to take it. Mm -hmm. Um, Right. But but those dealerships that that can be transparent and and let's face it, we do it with with our vehicle service contracts. We tell you right up front, whatever the cost that shows up on our on the calculator, if you subtract five hundred dollars from that, that's what our cost was. Right. You know exactly. You know exactly how much we're making. You know exactly how much we pay for it. Mm -hmm. And 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 people respond to that type of transparency because they feel like they're not being taken advantage of. And I think that there are more and more dealerships out there that are going to the virtual platforms that are that are that are marking the products up a reasonable sum. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and finding that if you do that and you give the people the time to actually do their due diligence and determine whether or not they see the value in it, that in more cases than not, the people will end up buying more products per sale than if you try and jam it down their throats. So, um, I think in the future, those dealerships will be the ones that will be more successful. But yeah, I, I think today, the reason that we're approaching $3,000 plus in, in PVR on finance is, is uh, you know, it's still fear-based and, and jamming stuff down people's throats that they might not necessarily work. Here's an interesting thing for you. And, okay. And I believe I shared this with Zach the other day, but I don't, I don't believe we necessarily shared it uh, on air. Um, you know, I talked to one of my dear friends who, who's a buyer for a multi-store group and at one of their, one of their stores, they have an F and I person that is doing so well, um, making in excess of $40,000 a month. Okay. Yeah. Um, putting, putting over $300,000 a month on the books in F and I. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and one, if it were me. I'd want to know how they're doing it. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> I, 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 I'd want to know if they're covering things up with their arm. If they're, yeah. I, I would want to know. I would and want to know. want to know what the chargebacks were for that particular finance manager yes. as well. And, and, and I'd also want to know how long he's worked at each previous dealership. <laughs> yeah. Do a little background check. Right. Yeah. Cause that'll probably tell me everything I need to know. There's um, a picture there. Yeah. Th- there is, but, um, there, there is more money to be made today, both on the front end and the back end, 
than we than I've ever seen in my 43 year career. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm sure that you've ever seen in your mm-hmm. your career at this. It's mm-hmm. it's just the the numbers are staggering. They really they are. are. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So this finance manager that I was talking to, he said, you know, Kim, why why did you leave? Why why did you get out? And I said, well, 15 years, I was yeah. tired. Yeah. I was tired of the hours. The hours are killer. Whether you're a sales manager or a finance manager, they are killer. Um, and I, I just told him I, I was really, really tired. I wanted to take a step back. I wanted to take a different direction. Um, and he says, you know, the hours, they are killer. But I've never made so much money than what I'm making today because I'm no longer selling VSCs for $1,800. I'm selling every one of them for $3,500. Now, easy peasy, because the consumer has digested and accepted the fact that this is the price of a vehicle today. That's the vehicle I want. Yeah, I really do want that product and that product too. I mean, I have to. I'm going to have to pay more. Everything is expensive. Everything's yeah. more expensive today. So I'm going to have to, but we're here to educate and help you know that you can still, you can still negotiate the price of those products. Don't accept it just because everything else around you is going up sky high in price. Don't accept it. People take control and you can still negotiate the prices of those things that you do want. In yeah, the and, finance office, and if the and if in in the finance office they won't negotiate those prices with you, uh, then the only thing I would suggest that you that you entertain would be yeah. the gap insurance because you obviously you're already overpaying for the vehicle because everybody is today, and yep. and if you're not putting twenty five or thirty percent cash down and most people aren't, um, then then I would I would get the gap insurance and roll that into my loan to protect myself. And if there are any other um, of the protection products that I think I might be interested in, um, I would I would work one dealership against another or two or three yeah. dealerships against another and say, hey, you want some plus business? I bought my car at X. Um, and I didn't like what they wanted to charge me for this product or that product. Right. I'm like a free agent. Okay. Yeah. I, I could, I, I could be buying these products from you if your prices are compelling enough for me to say yes and, and let them know. And I have emailed or I have called two other dealerships to make the same offer to them. Um, yes what would my prices be for these things? And, you know, even if you have to put them on your credit card, if you want, you know, instead put them of your, rolling it into your loan, then loan. put them on your credit card. Yeah. yeah. And, right. And, That's excellent. Um, and I will tell you, I used to take those calls every single month of people that were smart enough to say, Hey, I have a Subaru and I want an extended warranty on it. And they're calling three, four, five different Subaru dealerships. You can do that, people. You can do it. That's a great tip, Ray. You yeah. can do that for any product. You, if you want a key care, call five different Subaru dealerships sure. or Honda dealerships or Ford dealerships, whatever you got. Ask them, say, hey, I'm shopping around. Can you cancel the extra services if you get them? Rosemary, you can. We have a really great video for that, too, if you go in to YAA and then in the little search button put cancel you'll see the videos pop up for that 
because if you finance them in, your payment won't change, but that product will come off of the principal amount of your loan. Yes, you can cancel. Um, but yeah, great. That's yay, Ray. Call other dealerships because you know what, Ray? You're going to get a different price from every finance manager. Yes. And, and the, and the, if I may, the best time to call is like the last week of the month when they are trying to hit certain um, product penetration goals that impact their pay plan. So if, yes. if they, if, if they can get an extra 1% commission on their pay plan, because they, they hit 30% penetration on key care. Yeah. Um, well, guess yeah. what? If you're a plus sale that they shouldn't have had and, and you bring them over that threshold, they, they might sell it to you and not make anything on it. They, they might sell it to you at cost, uh, you know, because oftentimes dealer principals, they just give you a percentage of the hit. They're not saying there has to be a profit in that percentage every time. No, no. It, it's the finance manager's pay plan, which is a matrix of, we can go into that another time. Yeah. But here is here is a tip. For what you just described if you're going to do that at the end of the month many times the finance manager is extremely busy yes i don't know about these days with this market but end of the month can be busy tell the receptionist the person that answers the phone hey i want to buy a whatever a maintenance plan that way you'll get directly through yep. to the finance manager who many times at the end of the month won't answer their phone Yes. I was one of them. I was too busy. I didn't have time. But if if my receptionist would pop in, hey, Kim, I've got somebody on the phone that wants to buy an extended warranty. Oh, yeah, I'm getting that. I'm in. <laughs> How can I help you? Yes. Yeah. So, so, so there's a little tip for you. There are ways that you can that you can save money uh, on F&I products um, and and still have your have the time to do the due diligence to figure yes. out whether or not this is the right product for you and you don't have to do it at the time of sale. You do not. So never forget that. Never forget that you can utter the two most important letters in the English language when it comes to not buying something, just say no. And Oh, it's very simple. You have all the power you really don't, do don't be afraid to use it yeah and you know what there are some awful nice finance managers out there okay but you know there are some really sleazy ones too and i hear these stories and it it hurts me it hurts me because um yeah i, I just you shouldn't have to go through that you're all excited you got your new car you like the salesperson this process and then boom you get into the finance office and that's when things go down and i just yeah my you, cookies frosted yep. cookies and and you know what snowed yesterday so everybody's cookies are probably frosted, frosted. today but yes. but tr truth be told you you successful really good successful salespeople don't have to do it in a sleazy manner they can do it in a manner that still honors the uh, their customers uh honors their time honors their intelligence um and and you know figure yeah. out a way to persuade instead of necessarily manipulate 
Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, well believe it or not, Kimberly, we what have gone we have gone past <gasps> our allotted time. Oh my um, god. Yes. Yeah. What was that? A little breezy in your apartment, Pops? Extremely breezy in my apartment, oh. Sunny Boy. <laughs> Can you hear the noise in the background? Um, yeah, the winds are whipping here uh, about 25 miles an hour from the north. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a tad bit breezy. Oh, yeah. Happy birthday, Igor. What ah, a... Igor, happy birthday to yeah. you. Yeah, I'm guessing he's about 39 now. Uh, probably. Yeah. Probably 39. Why don't we mm -hmm. ask him, how old are you, Igor? <laughs> Great he's, kids. Yeah, he's probably not here today because he's celebrating his birthday. Oh, no, he's there. There he is. <laughs> there yes. he is. Well, happy birthday. Yes, and it absolutely. It's such a pleasure, um, yeah, being here with you again today. I miss Zach. I really do. But you know what? I think we have a, we have a good hopefully have a hopefully, good time yeah and hopefully we shared some inside insights that will will help uh, yaa community members down the road i hope so yep. i really do um the the key here know before you go know before you go i like that join us again next time which is probably tomorrow to get the news you can use from yaa yaa is your trusted source for all things auto thanks for listening see you soon, soon.